Welcome to Marcel's Margarita Madness, the podcast for margarita and tequila lovers. Without further ado, here's your host, the madman of margaritas himself, Marcel Brown. Welcome to another episode of Marcel's Margarita Madness. I am your host, Marcel Brown, the madman of margaritas. Now, while I am the madman of margaritas, I do enjoy a variety of drinks. I do enjoy my wine. I like whiskey, certainly vodka-based drinks. I'll drink a beer here and there. I mean, I'm not a snob. I like all kinds of drinks and all kinds of cocktails. I'm always very willing to experiment and try different things. Uh, But my favorites certainly are the margaritas, and I love tequila. So for this episode, I'm going to stray a little bit off the beaten path, so to speak, and instead of talking about margaritas, I'm going to talk about a couple of tequila-based drinks that I've really learned to enjoy over the last few years, and also a recipe for another type of cocktail that I make with agave, but not with tequila, And rather than lime, it uses lemons. But anyway, let's get started talking about the first drink. Now, a lot of you are familiar with the Bloody Mary, which is basically a tomato juice-based cocktail made with vodka. What I have discovered is that if you make a Bloody Mary with tequila instead of vodka, I think it changes the taste in a more pleasing manner. And now you can order this drink in a lot of places by the name Bloody Maria, which, uh, you know, obviously is a homage to the Mexican nature of tequila and the Spanish name Maria. Uh, And then that being said, not every place necessarily knows about about a Bloody Maria. So you can ask, hey, can you make this Bloody Mary with tequila instead of vodka? And uh, I've observe that more and more places are familiar with the Bloody Maria. So give it a shot the next time you want a Bloody Mary. Opt for the Bloody Maria and see what see how you like it. Of course, I tend to drink Bloody Marias for brunch, um, which is a great excuse to have some tequila before noon, you know, because some people frown upon tequila before noon, but you know, who cares? Besides being a good excuse to have tequila before noon, what I like about the Bloody Maria is the combination of the tomato flavors, often uh, a fair amount of spiciness, or at least very least zestiness that goes into the Bloody Mary mix, or, you know, hopefully they, the, hopefully they make their own mix because I've, I have found those to be the best Bloody Marys or Bloody Marias are, are house-made or handmade uh, drinks. So um, the point being that the combination of all those flavors, I think, works really well. And while it's not a margarita, of course, the addition or the substitution of the tequila, I think, helps smooth out the flavors. Because I've had some Bloody Marys in the past where the vodka just was really strong or almost overpowering and it, and it actually to me kind of hurts the flavor of the mix with the tomatoes and the spiciness and, and all the zestiness that should be in a Bloody Mary. I think sometimes using inexpensive vodkas just kind of hurts that flavor. 
Whereas if you ask for a Bloody Maria and you get, uh, you know, opt for a good quality tequila, you're going to get a better quality alcohol than a lot of cheap vodkas, at least in my opinion. And obviously it depends on where you get your drinks from, where who's serving you. But generally speaking, that's been my experience. So anyway, if you're out and about and you are in the mood for a Bloody Mary, give a Bloody Maria a shot and see if the Bloody Maria becomes your choice for a bloody drink in the future. Now, the next drink I want to highlight is also a substitution for vodka, and in this case, it is the Moscow Mule. If you simply substitute tequila, and again, a good quality tequila, substitute the tequila for vodka, and now you've got a very different drink, and again, one that I find a little more pleasing. Not that I've ever had really a bad Moscow Mule, and in this case, in in comparison to the Bloody Mary, I think vodka works very well in the Moscow Mule. And certainly it may be because I really enjoy the lime flavor. But when I first got a chance to try a tequila mule, I was very impressed at how it changed the flavor as compared to the vodka-based Moscow Mule. Again, with a good quality tequila, I think the flavor just tends to be smoother and brings out the tequila or the lime flavor in the, the tequila mule, which if we think about it, makes a lot of sense because you've got the heart and soul of a margarita, the lime juice and the tequila. And the only real difference is that for the sweetener, instead of using agave nectar or simple syrup, you're using ginger beer, which has its own flavor, but it still is sweet uh, and adds some effervescence to the drink. So if you are not necessarily in the mood for a margarita, but you want to try something that is similar, I would highly recommend asking your bartender to substitute the vodka in a Moscow Mule for a good quality tequila. More and more places are becoming familiar with the concept of the tequila mule. And in, case, and in fact, if you ask for a tequila mule, very likely the bartender is going to know. Although I've had the experience of the bartender never having heard that, and they give it a try themselves, and they're like, this is really great. I'm glad you introduced it to me. So you never know who you're going to run into and who's making your drinks. But sometimes when you uh, order um, a drink with a substituted alcohol, like in this case, substituting tequila for vodka, you never know who's going to learn something. And finally, in regards to the um, tequila mule, it can come in handy when you're at an establishment that maybe doesn't serve the best margaritas. Making a margarita is a little bit more of a skill set than making a tequila mule because in my experience with a tequila mule you're basically simply using lime juice uh, tequila and then topping it with ginger beer you don't have to shake it up you don't have to do much you're just pouring the same proportion of tequila and lime juice generally speaking in the recipes i've seen and then just topping it with ginger beer so it's a lot easier of a drink to make and if a place serves moscow mules and assuming they have good tequila, which most places would, that would be serving a Moscow Mule, 
there's your tequila mule. And if the margaritas aren't great, but you're still heading that way, here's a drink you can try that will satisfy your lime and tequila cravings while uh, still getting a decent quality drink. So anyway, if you are in the mood, give the tequila mule a try and uh, let me know what you think. Now, to wrap up this episode, I'd like to talk about one more drink that I uh, sort of invented, although I think I just simply tweaked the recipes that I found in the past, and that is an amaretto sour. Now, I know what you're thinking. What does an amaretto sour have to do with margaritas or tequila? And in this case, virtually nothing, because there is no lime juice and there is no tequila in my recipe. However, I do make use of agave nectar. So that kind of uh, harkens back to the agave nectar that I like to use in margaritas. And while I don't use fresh squeezed lime juice, I do use fresh squeezed lemon juice, which does, I think, in in my experience, take this amaretto sour up a notch because, again, in many places they use a sour mix or something like that, whereas the difference between that and a fresh-squeezed lemon juice really, I think, makes a big difference. So let me give you my recipe here. So for one serving, I use three ounces of amaretto liqueur. I use one and a half ounces fresh-squeezed lemon juice. I put in two ounces of pure water and half a teaspoon of agave nectar. So not a lot of agave nectar, but just enough to add a little extra sweetness because the amaretto itself is fairly sweet. And then I put that in a shaker with ice, shake it up, and serve it over ice. It's a very simple recipe, but I tell you what, of the people that have had this amaretto sour recipe, they have raved about it, especially uh, the voice of the intro and outro of this podcast, my lady, Jenny Bellinger. She loves amaretto sours, and the first time I served her one of mine. She really, really loved it. And now is the only way she wants to have amaretto sours. And therefore, I generally double the ingredients in order to make two drinks. Or of course, you could be greedy and have just one big amaretto sour. But generally speaking, one serving is uh, fairly potent. So give this recipe a try and see what you think. Now, there are varieties on the amaretto sour, such as the amaretto stone sour, which adds orange juice. And I have not at least written down that option uh, in my recipe book, but um, it's certainly worth a try because I think to some degree you start to add that orange juice in and it does kind of sweeten it up, gives it a little more of a citrus bite, which of course I love citrus, obviously, knowing that, you know, lemon juice here and, and lime juice and margaritas. So I would be interested in finding out what varieties you try out there and and let me know. So that basically wraps up this episode. Uh, we've talked about the Bloody Maria, which is a Bloody Mary made with tequila instead of vodka. The Tequila Mule, which is a Moscow Mule made with tequila instead of vodka. And finally, my Amaretto Sour, which is made with fresh-squeezed lemon juice, Amaretto liqueur, and some agave nectar. So give these drinks a try and let me know what you think. And until the next episode, when I promise we will return to Margarita Madness, this is Marcel Brown, the Madman of Margaritas. Salute! Thank you for listening to Marcel's Margarita Madness. 
Remember to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure to check out MarcellsMargaritaMadness.com for extra details on this episode, as well as more mouth-watering margarita madness.